0: Welcome to Time Keeps on Ticking, MS Warrior and Mom Life. Cindy Locke was diagnosed with recurring remitting multiple sclerosis in 2006. Listen in on her journey to make the most of her time with her daughter and son. News, interviews, events, and MS hacks from an MS ambassador. Now, let's get started. Here is your host, Cindy Locke. Warriors, Cindy here. Welcome back. If you've been listening to my whole HSCT experience, part one and part two. If you're new to this podcast, I had recently posted part one and part two. Of my experience with HSCT that I had last year and just came up on my one year stem cell birthday on July 23rd. So if you want to go back and listen to one and two to get caught up, that would be a great thing to do right now. Otherwise, welcome back everyone that's been listening. I'm about to go into what happens when you are discharged from the hospital and headed back home. Oh, it was so exciting because it had been 55 days. This whole thing took 55 days days. So I was so excited to be coming home. I was no longer neutropenic, but my immune system could be suppressed for up to a year. My husband was a little bit crazy about things. Um, He bought a ton of hand sanitizer from Amazon and actually two of the things you would see in a hospital where they're standing there, you know, pretty much the height of you if you're short like me, I guess. And he bought those and a bunch of refills. And he also bought little Plastic containers of them as well He bought, I don't know A dozen things of Clorox Spray and replaced All of the filters in our house He had the carpets cleaned He had the maids come And completely clean everything To be fair to my husband My immune system was still a baby When I came home it was only 10 days old So it's basically just like having a newborn baby In the house So you want to make sure everything's baby proofed We live in a two story home So he didn't want me to go up and down the steps because he was afraid I would fall. So he set up the downstairs guest bedroom for where I would recover. He didn't allow anybody to use that bathroom, just me. I mean the poor guy. He'd been taking care of me, taking care of our children while I was gone, and stressing and stressing and stressing. Poor thing. And then he received the paperwork from the discharge and that made it even worse. There were so many rules. For three months I couldn't swim in lakes, rivers, hot tubs, public swimming pools, things like that. No driving. For three months I had to avoid any exposure to urine or feces which i don't have an issue with because i'm not changing kids diapers anymore but it's the same that goes for the animals like i couldn't pick up dog poop or clean up their pee or things like that which was darn shucks I guess I won't be able to pick up the poop in the yard. <laughs> that was a good thing for me. And also, I couldn't take out the garbage for three months, which was awesome as well. And if I had to do it, I could do it, but I had to wash my hands after, but I never did do it. He wouldn't let me do that. And for six months, I had to avoid construction sites or remodeling our home, which is fine. I didn't have any plans to do anything like that. Um, I don't really garden or do yard work. They, they said for three months, you have to avoid yard work and gardening. You can't be in contact with soil and dirt it's the same thing with animals and when they go outside they need to stay outside or come in a different door because with the soil it brings into the house uh, microscopic pathogenic particles which become aerosolized, which people breathe even if you can't see it so it's just another thing you can't do so I c- couldn't be around gardening mowing grass anything like that there are also those obvious things like avoiding large crowds they said it was okay to go to movies shopping or restaurants but my husband did not allow that at all for three months and of course to avoid sick individuals. That's important. Uh, They want you to wash your hands frequently and consistently and it's very very important to do that. I feel like this was all sort of preparation for this COVID virus. I feel like I may be more used to it than other people are. Being stuck at home, quarantined you know, having to wash my hands all the time and and things like that but I'm still not used to this. I want to say a bad word but I'm not going to. Crap. We're going through right now. So anyway, let me get back to HSCT. So basically you're not allowed to do any uh, surgeries or procedures or things like that up to a year no tattoos or piercings for a year oh and then there's food oh lord This was challenging. I mean, a lot of it is common sense that you normally do anyway when you're not compromised. But basically, for three months, I had to avoid foods that may be contaminated like salad bars, deli counters. I couldn't get like Subway or anything like that. No sushi, which I don't eat anyway. No leftovers. That was kind of rough because I hate wasting food. However, my husband never allowed us to get any food from any restaurants anyway. He didn't trust that it would be safe for me. And oh my God, it's the same thing now with the virus. Everyone in our neighborhood is picking up food from, you know, the neighborhood joints because we would really like to keep them in business. However, my husband will not allow us to get any takeout because he's afraid I am still compromised and I will get coronavirus because it may still kill me right away. We don't know yet. Well, I shouldn't say yet. We don't know if it would actually kill me right away because of my immune system. But according to my doctor, my immune system is back to normal now, and I shouldn't be worried about it. That's easier for him to say, right? Anywho, let's go back to the food restrictions. Uh, You basically have to avoid unpasteurized milk cheese and other dairy products like that. Aged cheeses made with raw or unpasteurized milk. Cheeses from the deli unless contained in a cooked dish Blue cheese, Roquefort, Gorgonzola. Fine with me. I don't like any of those. Raw or undercooked meat, which I wouldn't do anyway. Cold smoked fish, which I wouldn't have either. I don't eat seafood. Uh, packaged jelly meats or cold cuts from the delicatessen, unless he did. Unwashed raw fruits, vegetables, obviously. Raw fruits and vegetables when eating out, which I didn't do anyway. Salad bars or pre-cut fruit sold in stores, which upset me a little bit because I love all those pre-cut fruits that come in the grocery store. They're so much easier. And also, I, I used to eat this yogurt with fresh fruit on top of it that was cut at the grocery store, so I didn't get to have any of that for a while. Um, let's see, unpasteurized fruit and vegetable juices, how do I know that? Unless homemade using well-washed fruits and vegetables. And then cooking meat and things like that, Nick actually did use the thermometer and put it in all the meat that whenever he made chicken or beef or steak or whatever, he he used that to make sure the temperature was correct because they do give you the minimum internal temperatures needed to, you know, have help with not having any contamination with the meat really the bottom line was to keep myself safe and healthy by taking extra precautions with my food preparations and keeping things clean washing your hands all the time avoid unpasteurized dairy and raw undercooked meat poultry eggs and seafood it was basically that my husband had me on a really strict diet for the three months but I basically slept most of that time I slept so hard it was so crazy because I couldn't even keep my head up chemo is like an atomic bomb I swear it was rough, but like I've said a million times before I'm here So it was worth it so in between my sleeping bouts Which were many 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 um I had to get my blood checked to make sure my platelets were going up and things like that Make sure everything was going well So I had to get my a blood test every week for four weeks and then every other week for the following eight weeks. They asked us to get our labs drawn on Mondays or Tuesdays and they should be done first thing in the morning so that was lovely. I'm so not a morning person and I was so exhausted. My blood tests were always fine, thank goodness. I didn't want to have to have a blood transfusion again. So the good news was always welcome. Um, They gave us a huge, gigantic list of things to look out for. uh, My husband and I and anyone else that was taking care of me. There were so many. I mean, there were fever, over 100 degrees, chills, sweating, chest pain, shortness of breath, dizziness, cough, anything like that, any type of virus at all, vomiting, things like that. So I was fortunate enough not to have any of that. Let's see what else. I was prescribed three different medications that I had to take. One was an antiviral that I had to take up to a year after transplant which luckily has passed now, so now I don't have any medication at all. And then there was Fluconazole. I had to take that two times a day for three months. No longer taking that. I had to take Bactrim-DS. No longer taking that. So basically, to sum it up, as far as medication goes, I haven't been on any medications at all, aside from my anti-depression medication, I guess you can call it, Cymbalta, and vitamin D, of course, my 5,000 IUs. I will not stop taking that my multivitamin biotin and calcium that's it i'm no longer taking any medication for ms i can't believe it it's ridiculous it's unreal it's a time saver stress saver money saver everything i know you warriors know what i mean by that So let's move on to my recovery, shall we? I had already been feeling some differences in the hospital. I wasn't sure if it was from steroids, which are my miracle drug. I love steroids so much. I wish we could take them all the time. I think I would be addicted for sure. I fiend for them all the time. So anyway, I was able to write with my hand like I used to write. My handwriting looked exactly like it used to before MS, which was odd to me. I had energy to clean up the room again and again and again and organize everything again and again and again. Once again, I think it might have been the steroids, but I'm just saying it was pretty awesome. Since the beginning of my MS, I haven't really been able to taste things very well, so I always made everything extra spicy, extra everything, even though we weren't supposed to have spice. Um, I always put a ton of flavor, a ton of spice on things just to make sure I could actually taste something. I noticed my taste buds were going back to normal a bit, which was pretty cool. I mean, not that important people, I understand, in the big picture. But it was just interesting to have that difference because, I mean, I've told everybody for the past, you know, 14 years that I don't live to eat, that I actually eat to live because I don't really taste anything and enjoy food anymore so that was quite a big difference for me and another thing was my sense of smell. I have always had the most ridiculous sense of smell. I always joked that it was because I have a big nose but regardless I lost my sense of smell a bit. I mean I could still smell things but it was nothing like the super bionic smelling power that I had before my MS. So one thing I think is interesting about this whole coronavirus thing. The symptom are you lose your sense of smell, you lose your sense of taste, you have extreme fatigue. I just think it's strange because it's three of the things that, you know, those of us with MS have all the time. I just think it's amazing that this thing has the same type of characteristics. Also, those of us with MS know it's really difficult to breathe sometimes, so it's just interesting i don't know is it interesting to you it's interesting to me sorry i keep going off topic like i'm having a conversation with you and you're going to answer me or something i actually think i would like that i think i would like to do a live podcast at one point that would be fun but for now Let me get back to my results so far. They say it'll take up to a year or two or possibly three to see the full recovery from this thing, but I've seen so much so far. First of all, I started this podcast channel before I left. And if you check out the dates from these podcasts since then, I hadn't had one since May 26th of 2019. My first podcast back was February 24th of 2020. That's how much energy I had from the time I left to the time I came back Um, and then the next one looks like it was May 18th so the energy fatigue thing was no joke it was really rough eventually I have been able to looks like I only had a month in between May 18th and June 17th um, and then ten days and then now it's seven So I'm hoping that this means my energy level is up enough to be able to do this once a week like I promised and I will do my best to do that. let's talk about my hair so I had lost my hair prior to heading back for the actual procedure and then once I came home I took biotin every day and that's helped a lot growing it back it's pretty long right now after the year so I'm very happy with that Um, I lost my eyelashes again for the second time and from what people told me I might lose them again and then possibly another time but I didn't lose them again. I still have them. I really haven't worn makeup in months because I've been home with this quarantine thing for COVID. So I haven't been out at all. When I did go out originally, I wore wigs all the time, which was quite fun actually. I wore long ones, short ones, you know, wavy ones, straight ones, it was really fun actually. I really might be doing that once my hair does grow back. I was told to make sure I do physical therapy on a weekly basis once I got back. I tried to do that, I had someone come every week, but I was so exhausted. I love working out, I've always worked out. My whole entire life I worked out like a maniac, but I was exhausted. I could barely do anything and it was really hard to continue doing that every week because it was mentally not good for me. It was upsetting me too much because I couldn't do things so I actually stopped having her come and I wanted to do it myself once I got enough energy because I know what to do. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know how to build muscle. I know how to help myself walk and what muscles to strengthen in order to be able to bend down and pick something up and things like that. So I waited about, I would say, three months, four months to actually start doing things on my own. I did some just basic things. I actually walked on the treadmill for a bit. I gave that up after a while because it was too difficult for me. I did pick it up again about six months ago. I've been walking on the treadmill every other day, sometimes two days in a row and then skipping a day and then every other day. But I've been I've been doing that and it's helped me so much. Um, I do a lot of squats and a lot of things like that to build my quads and my thigh So I can you know get around better. I actually just bought one of those DB machines for squats So I'll let you guys know how that goes It seems like it's really cool for us because it helps strengthen your back and your core and your thighs You know your legs and we need that to stay strong to be able to walk in balance speaking of balance I actually can close my eyes now when I take a shower when I wash my hair That's big because I used to need to hold on to the wall and one time I actually got out of the shower and we have this really thick glass shower door and I was drying my hair the towel went over my eyes I got dizzy. I put my arm up. I like fell over against the door. The door split off of the, the hinges. And I, I was just there holding it up, sort of. If I moved, I think it would have fallen and I would have fallen on top of it. And God knows what would have happened. I just yelled for my mom to come help me. Um, and she came and she lifted us both up, myself and the, the door. <laughs> and help me contain myself because I was crying. I was so scared. So anyway, that doesn't happen to me anymore. I can close my eyes and stand up and not fall over. That is unbelievable because of how much I used to fall. Speaking of falling, I haven't fallen, I don't even six months. It's been six months, maybe. The first six months or so, I fell twice. But the amazing thing is, besides those two falls, they weren't bad. But the thing that's amazing, once I start to fall over now, sometimes I lose my balance, obviously. It's not all perfect yet. But um, when I do start to lose my balance, which I actually haven't done in, in a long time, months. But when I did start to lose my balance, what happens now? as opposed to before now I can catch myself which I could not do that before this I mean, I I used to, if I was falling, I was falling. I was done. Down. That's it. Done. Splat. No fixing. No nothing. No holding my head up. I would hit my head every time. I would hit my butt bone. I would hit my elbows. I would hit everything. Everything would be done. My, you know, my knees sometimes. But every time I fell, I couldn't stop myself. So, it was unbelievable to be able to actually catch myself. And I told my daughter that the first time I caught myself. And she was so happy. She was like, you could, could catch yourself. You could Catch yourself falling? That's so incredible. Because she was been around, she's seen me fall. Unfortunately, she's seen everything. So, yeah. I'll tell you more about that with each episode that pertains to whatever she... Saw but yeah, it's amazing that I can actually catch myself falling. Another thing I can do is stand up for long periods of time I couldn't do that before I would get dizzy It wasn't so much about the strength of my legs It was about just being fatigued and getting sort of dizzy and lightheaded and needing to sit down I also don't need to lay on the bed after I shower which is huge because every time I showered I would need to lay down for about 10-15 minutes in order to get the energy up to be able to do anything else So it's pretty amazing amazing and refreshing that I can actually just go about my business. I get out of the shower, I just go straight to the sink, brush my teeth or do whatever I need to do and and continue on with my day as opposed to laying there thinking about the fact that I'm so freaking sick that I have to lay on the freaking bed for freaking 15 minutes in order to freaking get up to be able to do the rest of the things I need to do. So that's a lot of pressure off my brain and stress that I don't have anymore. Speaking of balance and muscle strength, I forgot to say during that section of the podcast that... Another amazing thing that was huge for me and for everybody else in the house was that I was able to reach down and pick something up from the floor without falling over and my legs giving out. Because normally when I when I would reach down to pick something up, I would actually, my legs would fall to my, to my you know, fall to the ground and I would just fall over. So I could actually now reach down and pick something up from the floor without falling over. I know everything sounds so small, but it's huge. I, I'm sure some of you that have had MS for long enough know exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm so sorry because I sound all happy and everything, but I lived with this for 14 years So I'm coming up on 15 years October this year So I'm very happy to be able to actually do that without falling over in front of my children or my husband My bladder issues are better. They're not completely fixed But they are better before I had to run to the bathroom every time I needed to pee And now I don't need to do that. My body actually tells me hey You're about to need to go pee where before it was like you better get your ass on the toilet right now we're going to pee our pants a lot, you know. Now it's sort of like, hey, just heads up. You need to pee. And instead of holding my pee-pee like a five-year-old with my hand in front of everyone, I don't have to do that anymore. I just listen to my body, and I get up, and I go to the bathroom, and I pee. Not much... To do anymore which is awesome I will be having a bladder episode and you'll hear all the details ugly ugly details on what I've gone through the past 15 years with my bladder issues well I am drinking too much wine still so that's an issue with my bladder but anyway I digress I actually get hungry now which is really cool I never ever got hungry it was the strangest thing for 14 years I just didn't get hungry I was down to about 114 pounds which is not that great because i mean i know i lost muscle and things like that but i just didn't want to eat i only ate because i had to eat i was forced to eat by my husband i really didn't care about eating i knew i had to eat to live though but my hunger pains are back which is cool but not so cool i went from 114 now i'm at 128 which is a big change but i'm eating and i'm eating healthy and i'm building my muscle so i'm hoping some of that is muscle i'm normally about 125 when I'm working out every day and eating healthy so I mean maybe it's this quarantine thing the extra pounds but I'm doing my best to build my muscles and I know that muscles weigh more than fat so I'm hoping this is all muscle gain I just want to be strong again something monumental happened at the 10 month mark about somewhere around the 10 month mark after my procedure I was actually able to get up from the floor without needing to hold on to anything at all I just got up from the floor. I didn't need to hold on to anything. That is so major for me because I haven't been able to do that in 10 years or more. I think it was at that point that I realized I won. That I beat this thing. I will continue to do what I can to beat it. The only thing right now that's going on is the stupid spasticity thing. I have like terrible spasticity. It's not that my legs jump. So it's it's just that I I can't straighten them out a lot of times. A lot of times I have to stretch and to actually be able to walk which is weird so if i can get rid of this spasticity i will be fine i just need to get rid of this it's hard to sleep at night because it hurts sometimes and i have to move my legs a lot and i remember when i first was diagnosed with ms that was one of the things that bothered me the most was that it was like restless leg syndrome all the time 24 7 restless leg syndrome i had to move them move them move them and at that point we were flying around the world all the time you know going to different places whatever and driving you know know going on driving trips and things like that and it was so hard for me because my legs sucked and so this right now though is a whole different level of sucking because it hurts now so and I can't straighten my legs and that really stresses me out because I'm like well is this the next step what's happening am I getting worse Um, but dr. Burt actually told me when I went to do the interview to see if I can get this done Dr. Burt said his question is my spasticity and will this actually help me so it really scared me when that started happening I was really worried that I did this all for nothing but at this point I'm actually better. It helps that I do the treadmill every other day. It helps me a lot and so I'm just working it out trying to keep positive and hope that that eventually goes away I haven't taken any medication yet for it I know we have some medication I could do but I need to talk to the neurologist to get that done. Um, let's see what else. My feet aren't numb every morning when I wake up. That's pretty cool. I mean, every morning when I woke up, my feet were numb and they stayed numb pretty much all day. So you know, the usual feeling of your feet falling asleep when you've been sitting too long, you know, the feeling you guys, I know you do. So that is gone now. So that's pretty awesome. Another thing that I think was pretty incredible that showed me there was a difference. We have two dogs and they actually have fleas right now, which is awful. I mean, I had dogs before that had fleas, but this is a whole new level. I've never seen anything like this. These things are everywhere. They're like these little tiny little bastards or tiny little things. And they're they're like they're just they like my phone. For some reason they like my phone. They like my light, the light on my phone. But anyway, I'll just continue my story. So I actually felt something on my arm that I looked over and it's this tiny little speck of a tiny little size of a piece of sand. And I'm like, what the hell? And it's it's the little one of those little guys, one of those little assholes on my arm. And I was like, what the hell? And I could actually feel it. I could feel it. It was amazing because I could never feel anything and i mean it was it was another one of those oh my god i can actually feel that little thing walking on my arm i mean i i was amazed i was amazed it was it was almost like the feeling when i could get up from the floor without using anything to help me i mean i killed that little shit but i'm just saying it was amazing so one of the things I really, really despise about this illness is that I don't have the memory I had before. I actually was a writer and I, I couldn't think of words anymore. I had to stop writing. I did start up again later on, but I, I, I just had to stop writing because I couldn't think of anything. It was very frustrating and stressing me out. But I mean, memory is the scribe of the soul, right? That's what Aristotle said. And I thought to myself, well, if memory is a scribe of the soul, does that mean I don't have a soul? or can't see my soul or whatever because I can't... I don't remember anything. I don't remember my my memories are gone. I can't remember what I had for breakfast, you know? It was one of those things that made this whole thing worse for me. But I don't think about how bad my memory is every day. So I'm assuming that means it's better a bit. I think it's a bit better. I feel like it's a bit better. My husband says it seems to be better. My kids say, mom, you don't say as many stupid things as you used to say. So that's a bonus. So I'm gonna read you some people's testimonies and how they're feeling after their procedure. One person said, my most annoying side effects are nausea and fatigue still at seven months post. Wow, that's that's too bad. Um, Let's see only during isolation mild diarrhea and night sweats. Oh speaking of night sweats Yeah, those were awful. I still have them sometimes because well perimenopause But yeah those the night sweats are (laughs) the night sweats were crazy and actually they weren't just night sweats I was sweating like I would have some hot flashes a few times during the day as well so that sucked I luckily didn't have joint pain looks like she had joint pain my bone slash joint pain totally subsided after three months at six months my eyelashes fell off for second time I did have a lot of joint pain suddenly months into my recovery but I'm fairly convinced that had more to do with the three courses of fluoroquanolone alone antibiotics taken during HSCT because this type of antibiotic has been shown to eat connective tissue in joints. Wow, another monster, huh? There's even an FDA black box warning about these drugs now regarding this. Okay, great. That said, I knew the risk before I took them and still think they are important to take during HSCT. The joint pain did eventually go away except that I still have a frozen shoulder and need to do rehab. Um, This person said he was tired and he would get like he was run down when he had a cold. Otherwise, he tolerated chemo rather well and feels fortunate. Um, Let's see. The bone pain from the New pigeon shots was another story altogether, though. I'm so lucky that I did not have bone pain like some people had. I had a little bit, but it wasn't like severe like all these other people. I mean, some people would say they were just scream, sit there and scream. It was so painful. I luckily did not have that. Let me see what else. A little bit of dizziness from time to time during chemo, yeah, that's normal. Extreme exhaustion that began a few days after chemo through isolation into a few weeks after I returned home night sweats during chemo and after I came home. Um, Let's see, this one said, I was never nauseous but did suffer from mild diarrhea which lasted for about two days and resolved a few days after I got home. I reckon it was from the standard antibiotics administered through ice. So, About a month after getting home, all my joints felt stiff and mobility in both shoulders was reduced. Now seven months post, this is easing off, but I did feel like the Tin Man and I still feel rather stiff in the mornings, of, but a hot shower and moving helps. Mobility in my shoulders is much better now, but I still feel my shoulder joints are weak and I would be afraid to hang from monkey bar. This is interesting because a couple people have mentioned their shoulders, right? Uh, let's see. Chemo in itself was not bad. Fatigue after the steroids were off. Yes, I love my steroids. Okay, I wasn't even aware that they started wearing off when I fell in the little park outside of the hospital and couldn't get up. And I had a walking trolley, but it rolled away from me and there I was sitting in the ground for five minutes until a soldier walking by helped me back to the hospital. Oh, that's so sweet. Why didn't anybody else help her back up? What the hell? <sighs> Fatigue after 2 p.m. is immense. Have to do everything in segments. That was kind of how I felt for 15 years. Like, okay, so let me do this right now and then I'll sit down and rest. Okay, let me just do this little laundry and sit down and rest. That's basically how I felt the whole time, so. Okay, so let's see. Eyelashes became sparse after three months. Stiff mobility in the mornings. So this whole stiff thing, I don't know, it kind of makes me feel a bit better. Um, Muscle weakness even after five months post. Hot flashes at three months post. Hair starting to flourish, three months post. Yep, that's about the time that mine did. Um, No bone pain at all from chemo. That's good for her. Um, Another girl said, I was very tired and lost all my hair except eyebrows and eyelashes. Also, I had intestinal problems a few weeks after, which could also be caused by antibiotics, maybe. Couldn't eat anything without diarrhea and had to build it up again by bacteria. So that's basically how some people fared during this whole thing. Oh, I have another one. This is somebody that says about how much better they are. My temperature intolerance has greatly improved. I can be out in the sun and heat while kids are playing. Without melting, and cold no longer sends my legs into immovable spasms. I can take hot showers. Me too, by the way. I forgot to mention that. I can actually be in a warm shower now, like a you know hot, fairly hot shower, without like almost falling down. So I, I feel the same way okay i can rinse off my head and face in the shower with closed eyes without having to hang on to something to keep them from tipping over oh my god me too that's awesome okay this is another person my sleep has gotten so much better i used to wake up at 1am and be up till three most nights for no real reason just insomnia same here now i fall asleep pretty quickly and sleep through the night for the most part uh the next person my mental clarity brain fog has been very eye-opening i didn't realize how foggy it truly was because of the gradual onset the new clarity is incredible and yes it is it's definitely incredible and i have that same experience i feel so much better now another person said my hair is starting to grow back a bit peach fuzz really my eyebrows are drastically thinning my eyelashes are thinning too thank god for makeup without mascara and eyebrow pencil i sort of resemble powder that's funny. Uh, That's really funny. So that's, that's about it as far as people that sent me emails and stuff to let me know how they feel, how their transplant went, you know, bad parts and good parts. And another thing I wanted to mention, because a friend of mine really suffered from this. There's a psychosis that you could actually get with the medication Dysprexa. And so this is what we had to start along with our steroids. So it was pretty bad for her. She actually basically lost her mind. Um, She had to go into a hospital. So there are some people that do have consequences from that medication. So that's another thing to look out for when you, you know, ask your doctor about this and there were hallucinations and things which were disconcerting. Um and so it's a good thing to talk to the doctor about that as well. So I hope you're taking notes when I'm yakking about all this stuff. But the main thing too is to talk to your doctor about everything about this procedure. A lot of doctors don't approve of it because they'll lose you, first of all. Second of all, they're just not sure about it and afraid you'll die and they don't want to tell you to do it. It'll be on them. In the end, make sure you talk to your doctor. I will again be putting up current locations to perform this procedure now, since The place I went at Northwestern in Chicago is no longer doing this procedure, unfortunately. People ask me often if I regret doing this and if I would do it again and I would do it again in a heartbeat. If it gives me an extra six months, year, two years, whatever of clarity with my children, I would do it over and over again. My children are only 14 and 9 so, yes, I would do it again if I needed to. And I would suggest people to do your research and make the best decision for you and your family. And be sure to talk to your neurologist about it. And then come to a decision that would benefit you and your family. I think that does it for my three-part HSCT, informative, how I'm doing, results, etc. And I will do another update, possibly six months. Right now, I'm one year post- so I uh, may be a year and a half I'll do another update for you guys let you know how I'm doing you can always email me though if you want to my information's on the podcast page but for now thanks for listening everybody I appreciate it and I hope I helped you and everybody please hang in there and be safe wear a mask wash your hands and keep keeping on warriors